Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. So I'm talking today about the mad dash. Have you ever been into a graveyard, a cemetery, and you see the gravestones? Sometimes they're very ornate. Sometimes they're very simple. There's all sorts of different gravestones. And have you ever thought about what life is represented by that gravestone? You know, a person's emotions and life and relationships and ups and downs and all the things they've contributed to this world end up being represented by a tiny little gravestone and actually are represented by a little dash between two dates. The day you were born, the day you die, and there's a tiny little dash in the middle and your whole life is compacted into that little dash. And the purpose of this sermon series for the next few weeks is for us to number our days correctly, to understand the meaning of that dash in the context of eternity, but also to use our time wisely. Give us a heart of wisdom, the Bible says. And so I'm going to pray for myself and for all of us that at the end of this series, we will have a wise heart. We will understand eternity and time we will be able to number our days and I, I bought this ruler yesterday it's a lovely metal ruler it cost me a lot in one of the stationery shops in Jersey it was surprisingly expensive and it's only a day old so you could say it's a rich young ruler I don't know if you've ever come across that phrase in the Bible but here is the Bible says a rich young ruler came up to Jesus one day. This is a rich young ruler. And it comes up to us. And the purpose of this ruler is for us to imagine our life being measured in a number of days. I don't know if you watched the Olympics, but there was one event, one of the long distance events, a, a ladies event. And um, one of the runners from Kenya was supposed to win. Everybody expected her to win. But she timed her race wrong. You know, it's so many laps around the track and she went out too fast. And the first two laps, she was going at such a pace that everyone thought, wow, this woman's going to break the record. But she hadn't paced herself correctly. She hadn't measured in her mind the fact that it's 3,000 meters or whatever it is. And I've, I've got to conserve some energy. I've got to think about the whole race. The purpose of this verse, number our days, is for us to think, how long is my life? Is it 70 years? Maybe it's going to end tomorrow. The Bible says none of us is guaranteed even tomorrow. But is that the whole of my life? And how do I plan my life correctly? Psalm 90 in the Bible is all about this. I'm going to read a few verses from it. Verse 2 says, Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. In other words, there's more than just this time span. There's this other thing called everlasting to everlasting. Before even anything on earth was formed, there was this other time span called everlasting. And God is from there. It goes on to say, For a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it is past, and like a watch in the night. Verse 5, you carry them away like a flood. Now he starts talking about us. He says, we are like a sleep. In the morning, they are like the grass which grows up. In the morning, it flourishes and grows up. In the evening, it's cut down and withered. 
Have you ever thought about that? Have you, have you thought about the people, you know, recently it was the anniversary of the September 11th disasters in America when the, the Twin Towers were, were attacked. And I was thinking about it 15 years ago, but how many of us remember even anything about that? And those people who died, life moves on. We're just, life is just like grass. It flourishes and then it's cut down and withered. But isn't there more? Is there, is there something more to life than that? He goes on in verse 9 to say, For all our days have passed away in your wrath. We finish, finish our years like a sigh. The days of our lives are 70 years. And if by reason of strength they are 80 years, yet their boast Yet their boast is only labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off, and we fly away. And then in verse 12, he sums it up. He says, So teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. I was walking in the bush in Africa quite a few years ago. Um, a small town called Marandera. It's out, it's out in, the, in the middle of nowhere. And I was just walking in, in a field. It was just bush. And I came across several gravestones uh, overgrown. There was grass and dirt all over them. They hadn't been well maintained. Uh, nobody had looked at them for years. It was just a mistake that I stumbled on them. And there were about 12 gravestones with the person's name, their birth date, their death date, and a dash. And nothing else about them. And in fact, the year, it didn't even have 19-whatever. It just said 90 uh, 92 to 90, uh, the, year, the death year was 92, some of them were 96, 98, some of them said 02, and so I, I wasn't even sure which century they were. So I went and I did a bit of research, and it turned out these were young Australian soldiers who had come by ship from Australia, they'd landed on the east coast of Africa, they'd walked about three or 400 miles towards South Africa. They still had a thousand miles to go, but they'd caught malaria and they died in the middle of nowhere. Someone had put up a gravestone just to uh, remember their lives. And they had sacrificed their life for king and country to fight for the British Empire in a land far away, and they were forgotten. A hundred years later, nobody even knew that their gravestones existed. And I want to just look at that today and challenge us to do a few things. Number one is to number our earthly days correctly. Can I ask you, please, my brother or sister, to think about your earthly life just for a few moments. We're going to think about our afterlife just in a minute. But for now, think about your earthly life. How are you spending your days? How are you investing your time? I'd like to read something that I saw on the internet um, I didn't write it, and actually I don't know, even know who did. But it says, imagine there is a bank account that credits your account each morning with £86,400. It carries over no balance from day to day. Every evening the bank deletes whatever part of the balance you failed to use during the day. What would you do? Draw out every penny, of course. Each of us has such a bank. Its name is Time. Every morning it credits you with 86,400 seconds. Every night it writes off as lost whatever of this you have failed to invest to a good purpose. It carries over no balance. It allows no overdraft. Each day it opens a new account for you. Each night it burns the remains of the day. And then a couple of other little points I found. It said, to realize the value of one year, ask a student who failed a grade. To realize the value of one month, ask a mother who's given birth to a premature baby. To realize the value of one week, 
ask the editor of a weekly newspaper. To realize the value of one hour, ask the lovers who are waiting to meet. To realize the value of one minute, ask a person who just missed a train. To realize the value of one second, ask someone who just avoided an accident. To realize the value of one millisecond, ask the person who won a silver medal at the Olympics. Friend, we only have a certain amount of time. You have 24 hours a day, 86,400 seconds, and we can choose to use that wisely. We can plan our day so that we tell the time what to do, or we can allow circumstances and other people to push their agenda on us, and by the time the, the end of the day has come, we say, what did I use my day for? We don't know. It wasn't something that was worthwhile. There are many little tricks we can use, calendars, diary appointments. I heard this week a person talking about how you should put into your calendar date time with your spouse, because otherwise that time gets crowded out, and you never have time with your family. And it made me think, yes, we should be planning and thinking about our time. So the first point is to number our earthly days correctly. Can I ask us just to make a decision in our hearts right now, to think about that and say, Lord, am I using my time well? Am I using my time for things that glorify you? Is it a waste of time? Am I investing time in things that will last? Am I investing time in people rather than things? So that's the first point. My second point, though, is this. If you number your days as simply the time on a calendar, the time on a clock, the number of minutes and seconds and days and months and years, if you number your days like that and you think, well, I've got another 20 to live, so let me, let me plan well, let me invest, let me do this, let me spend. If you number your life and think that at the end, the finish line is coming when you turn 70 or 50 or whatever it is, if that's how you number your days, you have completely missed the point. Because the Bible says, from everlasting to everlasting, there is an eternity. This time that we have here is a tiny little portion. It's a bit like if I hung this ruler in this big room and I said to you, is this all there is? The answer is no, eternity. As soon as you come to the end of your life and you drop off the end here, there is then eternity. There's a man called Francis Chan, a preacher who I was listening to recently, and he gave an illustration. He had a long rope very, very long rope. It was so long it was going out of the room. And he was holding the end of it, and just the tip of it was painted red. And he said, if this is your life, many of us focus just on this little part of the rope that's red, our little life here on earth. We think, I've got to, I've got to make the most of my life here on earth. I've got to live well. I've got to be healthy. I've got to, I've got to invest. I've got to get as much pleasure and, and make the most of this time. And he says, we completely ignore all the rest of the rope. I wonder if that's true for any of us here. My second point is that if we're going to number our days correctly, if God's going to give us a heart of wisdom, we need to understand that life on earth is just a, a breath. It's a fraction of the millions and billions and eternity of years that are going to be for us after we die. Amen? That's what really counts. What's here is good, and what's here is important, but it's tiny. You know, when we've been in heaven two million years, sitting with Jesus, discussing, having a good time, talking to our friends, talking to all the greats of the past, I'd like to sit down with 
C.S. Lewis and Jesus and I mean I'd like to just have conversations and you're just talking for hours and there's no limit to time because there's no problem and you just chat and you enjoy and then you realize wow I've been here two million years and then you think wow remember that tiny tiny fraction of time I was on earth friend if we're going to number our days correctly we need to understand eternity what we have here on earth is important but there is eternity to come and eternity is what really matters Amen. So now I want to focus on, an, on a very special verse. It's in Ephesians chapter 5. And it says this, verse 14. Awake you who sleep. Arise from the dead and Christ will give you light. See that you walk circumspectly. Not as fools, but as wise. Remember, we're asking God, help us to number our days so that we can be wise. Let us, let us think about the marathon that's ahead of us. Let us number our, our time correctly, not, not foolishly as wise. And then he says this, redeeming the time because the days are evil. This verse says that there's a, a possibility of us to redeem this evil time. You know, because we're born in sin, we're separated from God, the whole world is not following God, the days are evil. And if I just live and die, if I just go to work and go home and pay a lot of bills and die, my whole life will be worth nothing. The days are evil, but this verse says there's a way that I can, in this life, in this tiny little red part of my life, I can do something to redeem the time. That means I can make the time worthwhile. That means I can make the time of eternal significance. Redeem means you buy it back. You pay a price and you take it and you make it precious. In Old Testament and New Testament times, there were slave markets. And people would sell slaves. And sometimes what would happen is family members would go to the slave market and they would see their brother, their sister, their aunt, their uncle, their son or daughter being sold as a slave. And they would buy that person. They would pay the price so that they could buy them and then set them free. They could become a free member of their family again from slavery. That's what redeem means. And hear this, please. The Bible says it is possible for you and I to redeem our time. And that's what I want to look at for the rest of our time together today. We can redeem our time. The first thing, the first way we can do this is this principle of first fruits. I need to just explain to you, Romans 11 verse 15 says, if the portion offered as first fruits is holy, then the whole batch becomes holy. And the principle was, in the Old Testament, every time they had a harvest, so they would harvest their olives and grapes or wheat, they would take a portion of it, 10%, they would give the best portion to God. That was the first fruits, and by so doing, they were redeeming the whole portion, and God said, I will bless all of your crops, all of your uh, livelihood, your whole family, everything of yours, because you've offered a portion. And, and the firstborn son was offered as first fruits. They didn't give him to the Lord to sacrifice. They would pay money and then the whole family would be blessed. Uh, at the beginning of a year, they would offer to the Lord. There were so many offerings which were a first fruit to redeem the whole thing. God in his grace provided a way for people to offer a portion. And he says, because you've offered the first fruits, the whole thing is holy. 
And so when Jesus died, the Bible says he was a first fruits of the whole human race. God says, I can forgive the whole human race because one perfect person has died for the race. In Revelation, it talks about 144,000 pure servants of God who are martyred, and it says they're a first fruits for the whole human race as well. Uh, we as Christians are called the first fruits for the redemption of the race. Um, we can offer the first portion of our day. You know, when you wake up, you can say, God, I give this time to you. I love you. I honor you. I give my day to you. And I'm offering today as, as a, a first fruits to you. And because I've offered the day, the whole day can be blessed. At the beginning of a week, on a Sunday, we come together. We say, God, I give you this day. And he says, the whole week is blessed. At the beginning of a month, I come with my money from my salary and I take the first 10% and I give it to the Lord and I give him thanks and I say, Lord, I'm offering this to you and I'm redeeming the whole of that month and all of my affairs. At the beginning of a year, on the 1st of January, I give him the year and he blesses the year. When I got married, I offered my marriage to God. When I start a new job, I offer it to the Lord. I redeem the whole with a portion. Can you see how kind God is? We don't have to give it all. We just give a portion and he blesses the whole thing. And we can redeem the time by offering the first portion to the Lord. And so what we're doing here today in church, we're saying, God, I give you my week. He says, I bless you with it. That's the first way that we can redeem our time. The second way is by thanksgiving. You know, the Bible says whenever we praise the Lord, God inhabits the praises of his people. When I give thanks to God in a circumstance, even if it's a bad circumstance, I say, Lord, thank you that you're with me. I remember Paul and Silas in the jail in Philippi in Acts chapter 16. They were in prison. They were in chains. They'd been whipped and beaten. They were thinking they were going to be put to death the next day. What did they do? They started praising and thanking God. And the Bible says that the whole prison was shaken. Their chains were broken open. And all of the other prisoners were set free because they thanked God and his presence flooded in. They redeemed an evil situation. They redeemed the time by thanking God for it. Friend, your time doesn't have to be a waste of time. Your day, even your job or certain circumstances that are difficult, they don't have to be wasted. If we thank God, we praise God, we say, Lord, I love you. Thank you even for this hardship. His presence floods in and that whole situation is redeemed. So we redeem by offering the first fruits. We redeem by thanking and praising Him. Thirdly, the Bible says that all things work together for good to those who love God and who are called according to His purpose. I can redeem... Please just get this into your mind. It's quite an amazing thought. I can redeem even past mistakes. I can redeem even things that were done that were bad done to me. I can redeem those. Even evil things in the past and wasted times in the past, God says, if I will love him and give my life to his purpose, he can work all those things together for good. That means redeeming the time. And if I just offer my life to him, I say, Lord, I'm yours. And I thank you and I love you. And I'm giving my life to your purpose. And I'm forgiving those who've harmed me. And I'm asking for your forgiveness for my sins. He says, I can turn all of those things around for good. Can I challenge us right now today? Let's do that. Let's redeem our time. 
Let's give him the first fruits. Let's praise him in all circumstances. And let's give our lives to him and his purposes. And trust him that he's going to work all those bad things for good. Amen? But now lastly, I just want to talk about this idea of using the dash, making the dash something beautiful. You know, there are certain things the Bible says we will not be able to do after we've died. I think about, I think about the athletes running the 3,000 meters. Sometimes they, they have a pace setter who just runs the first few laps at a certain pace just to get them going at the right pace, and then that pace setter just drops off. They're gone and they, they've given up the race, and the rest of the athletes continue and finish the race. Friend, it's good to realize in the whole span of eternity, there are some things in these first few laps here on earth, before I die, before I enter eternity, before I finish this little race, there are some things that I can do here that I will not be able to do in heaven. Number one, I will not be able to suffer and sacrifice in heaven. Did you know that the Bible says there are no tears there is no regrets. There's no crying or mourning or shame in heaven. I will not be able to sacrifice, but here on earth, I can spend and be spent. I said in the first service that I don't want to die as a pretty corpse. There's no point having a bank full of money, having lots of energy, and having no scars on my body and die, because what a waste. There are a lot of things I could have done if I would just spend and be spent, if I would sacrifice and suffer while I can, because when I get to heaven, I can't sacrifice anymore. It doesn't matter if I get to heaven with only one arm and half a leg, because I'll be made whole again in heaven, amen? Why take a whole lot of wasted stuff into heaven? Let's use it. Use what we've got. You know, we can go the extra mile while we're here on earth. We can help a person. We can sit with someone who's mourning. We can sacrifice our time. We can give our money till it hurts. We can do the things that only can be done on earth while we're here so that there's nothing left. I've given it all. I've left it all on the field. And when I get to heaven, I can say, I did my best. That's the first thing. We can only sacrifice and suffer here. Let's make the most of this little dash. Instead of it being a mad dash, you know, for many people it's just like running a hamster on a wheel. There's so many people telling me what to do and work is busy and pressure and the, the world system just keeps us running, running. And before we know it, it's the end of our lives. We sit up, we look around and we say, what did I do? I just ran a mad dash my whole life. Instead of that, we can say, my life has a purpose. I'm going to tie a knot in time that has an effect and cannot be undone in eternity. And I can sacrifice and suffer. The second thing is I can exercise faith. You know, in heaven, there is no need for faith. The Bible says we will know as we are known. We will see him face to face. We will see God in all his glory when we're in heaven. But only here on earth can we exercise faith. Faith means, God, your word says it. I don't feel it. The circumstances don't seem to indicate it. But I'm trusting your word is true. And we can only do that here in these few years, this little dash that we have. Will you exercise faith? Will you say, one day I'll see, but for now I'm going to use my faith muscle, which means I'm going to trust God, even if all the circumstances and everybody else seems to indicate otherwise. 
The third thing is giving our lives to the Lord. I spoke about giving a first fruits. We can give our lives to Jesus here and for eternity. We can spend eternity with him. And this goes along with the idea of not just giving my life, but helping others to find Jesus. I can evangelize and bring souls into heaven. I can populate heaven in my tiny little time here on earth. But once I die, that opportunity is gone. I can win souls. There's a verse in Daniel chapter 12. It says, And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. It's talking about the end of time when the trumpet blows. There's going to be a trumpet and time is stopped. And God says, the ruler is finished. It's now eternity time. And suddenly a whole lot of things get put in place. And one of them, it says, those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Can you imagine those 12 Australian soldiers? One day they were walking with a malaria through the hot African bush. They die and the next thing they wake up and they're in the judgment day of Christ. The dust will give up this, those who sleep in it. It says, many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. But then it says this, those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Friends, it's possible for us to use this short amount of time, the small amount of energy, the opportunities and, and relationships we have, the money and resources we have, we can use it to bring people to Christ. And the Bible says we are wise if we bring many to righteousness. Proverbs 11 verse 30 says, He who wins souls is wise. Jesus was telling a parable about a man who used his money. He was getting fired and he knew he only had a day left in his job. And so he used his money and his contacts to make friends for himself. And we read that parable and we think, what's that all about? Jesus said, use your earthly resources to make friends for eternity. Use what we've got. We've got a short amount of time. Let's use it to populate heaven. Amen. Amen. So friends, the Bible says... We've prayed, Lord, teach us to number our days so that we may have a heart of wisdom. I want to say to you today that you're not alone in this. God doesn't sit back in heaven far away and say, make sure you use your time right. No, he says, I've come to earth as Jesus to show you. I've made a way for you and I've sent my Holy Spirit to guide you and help you. Every day when you wake up, you say, Lord, I dedicate today. Please, would you come and walk with me? Talk with me. Be my friend and my guide. He comes along. He gives you the strength. He opens opportunities. He gives you relationships and friendships and people to talk to. And he says, we can redeem this time. The days are evil, but we can use this time. We can tire not now that will have an effect for all eternity. Shall we stand and pray together? Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, for your kindness. Thank you that you give us opportunity after opportunity. You give us chance after chance, time and time again, to make things right with you and to use these days for eternal purposes. And God, today is one of those days. Today is one of those opportunities. Today is a fork in the road, a, a chance to make a decision. And I pray for myself and all of my brothers and sisters and everybody listening to this all around the world. Lord, I pray that you would help us today to tie a knot in time that will last for eternity. 
Friend, I'm going to ask you right now just to consider, first of all, have you given your life as a first fruits to Christ? Have you given your heart to Jesus and said, Lord, I'm yours for your purposes for eternity? And if you haven't, I'm going to ask you to do that right, right now. Just say, Lord Jesus, come and forgive my sins. Wash me clean. Make me new. I give my life to you. I receive your gift of eternal life and your Holy Spirit. God, my life is yours. I'm a first fruits for the rest of eternity. Use me for your glory. Just do that right now. The Bible says everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. He will just come and flood right in and, and forgive you right now. The second thing I need to ask you is, are you living your life without a plan? Are you living your life without thinking about the bigger picture? Are you using your money just for whatever comes to mind? Or are you thinking in terms of the bigger picture? The Lord says to you today, make a decision, my son, my daughter. Make a decision. Number your days correctly. Think about what's really important. And let's use our lives for what really matters. Let's plan our lives correctly and use them for Christ. And then the third thing I need to ask you is, are you winning souls? When you get to heaven, will there be anyone there who says, thank you, it was because of you that I'm there? I've just had a thought while we're praying. The Lord has said to me, redeeming our time. You know, a lot of us spend eight or nine hours a day at work. And we think that's a waste of time. We think the important stuff happens outside of work. And the Lord says, if you use the fruit of that labor, if you use the money that you earn from that nine hours a day, for kingdom purposes, you've redeemed that time. I believe that many of us can redeem our time. We can make our time and our effort and our labor, even in a job that seems boring or a waste of time. The Lord says you can redeem that time and it can bear fruit in heaven. Jesus said you can, you can give to the kingdom here and there will be treasure waiting for you in heaven. You can redeem the time. So I'm going to ask you just to do business with the Lord, just to say, Lord, take me. Take my life, take my skills, my abilities, my body, my life, my family, my resources, my time, and use it for what really matters, for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.